With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, welcome into another Auburn Live basketball show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. J-Head, what is happening? How are you, man? Living the dream, buddy. It is holiday season. I know that we're all getting into the holiday cheer right now. And why wouldn't we be happy with the performance that we just had this past Sunday? Mm-hmm. I'm drinking some eggnog. I'm in the holiday cheer. I'm in the I holiday cheer. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about that. We're going to talk about basketball, a couple of big games to talk about real quick before we do, as we always do. Give a shout-out to Session Cocktail, our sponsor of the Auburn Live shows. Go visit them, Magnolia Avenue. Probably a great time, by the way. If you live in Auburn, go do it now. Students are gone, so it's never a, a hard deal. But, man, it's probably a great time to go do that. Some people traveling. It's probably super easy to pop in there and get a booth um, or a, a couch seat or whatever you want. Um, go check them out, happy hour, 4 to 6. they got their holiday menu going on. They have a great drink called the Late Night Breakfast. Just go try it. It's awesome. They have their own version of eggnog. It's good stuff, too. But go check them out. Great people at Session Cocktail, downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia Avenue. Tell them we sent you. I've been in there a bunch. I've actually been in there and had people that are also in there at the same time as me come up and say, hey, you know, introduce themselves to me. Hey, we heard about it through Auburn Live. Um, and so that's always awesome for us to hear, and it's and it's good for for the partnership for them to hear that uh, that you heard it from Auburn Live. So if you do go check it out, go go say hey to Hunter, the owner, or or Joe, the general manager. Um, go say hey to them and tell them that you heard about it through Auburn Live. All right, Jay Head. Let's talk about a couple of dominating wins. Last time we talked, Auburn was coming off rolling Indiana. They kept that going with a blowout win over UNC Asheville, blowout win over um, USC. I was at that game on Sunday. So three blowout wins in a row. Yes. Auburn is in the top ten in three major computer polls. Ken Palm, they are at eight. Torvik, which is BartTorvik.com. If you guys, by the way, if you all ever hear us cite analytics or you see where I write about analytics, you can go follow this stuff. It's 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 fun to me. Some people don't want to dig into it. Uh, but BartTorvik.com is the T-Rank Analytics. It's a very respected um, analytics site, very similar to Ken Palm. Auburn's up to five in the Torvik Analytics. And then you've got another one, Evan Maya, which is Evan, E-V-A-N-M-I-Y-A, is another pretty well-respected analytics site where Auburn is seventh overall in in their ratings. Yet, Auburn cannot get in the top 25. They come in at 27th uh, in the latest AP poll, whatever. Um, I think net, I haven't looked. They're probably around 20th in the net. Um, the net The net matters. The AP ranking doesn't matter. Historically, for, like, the record books, it matters, but it doesn't matter if the NCAA tournament net matters. Ken Palm will pay attention to that. But Auburn's made a great push um, in, in these computer polls, three blowout wins in a row. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you seeing? They look they look as good as they can look so far in these last three games, offensively and defensively. Like it's hard to find a negative in these last three games. It really is, uh, and I think Justin, they've done everything that we thought that they were capable of doing, and what we thought they needed to do to kind of finish off this out of conference schedule strong and position themselves for a nice SEC run. And if they do that. 
you know, put 23 to 25 wins on the, on this kind of a schedule where you're setting yourself up to be a four or five seed in, you know, in the NCAA tournament. And that's where Auburn wants to live. You want to be five seed or less if at all possible. Those are your better draws. Now, obviously nobody wants a four or five. If you can get a one, three, that'd be fantastic. But I've just been very impressed that they've taken care of business, Justin. You've had three quality opponents in a row, Indiana, UNC Asheville, who's having a little bit of a down year right now, but has predominantly been an NCAA tournament-type team over the last 10 years. Uh, And then, obviously, USC, who's got two of the best young freshmen in all of college basketball, and Bronny James and Isaiah Collier. And Auburn controlled most of those games from start to finish. Now, there were ebbs and flows in each, but – it really never felt as you neared the half, the first half of each game. I don't think you ever thought that Auburn was not going to win those games. I think no. you felt like Auburn had complete control at that point, and realistically, it was just about not letting off the gas in the second half. And that's to me, that's probably the biggest accomplishment for this team because we saw them do that against Baylor. You saw them ease up against Baylor in the second half. They kind of struggled a little bit. Some of the freshmen or the new players because you had some new transition pieces coming in from the portal didn't quite understand or know their roles just yet, who could be counted on in in what kind of a situation, who was running what set. So you've moved beyond that. You've gone on the road to Appalachian State where you face some adversity. You've come out of that, and now you're a better team for it. So realistically, Bruce has this team humming right now um, and in a way that I didn't know that was capable of them doing this early in the season. I didn't know that they would look this smooth this early. I am impressed, and I'll be interested to see how we open up. Obviously, we got three more games before we get into SEC play. Those will all kind of be tune-ups where they'll do some things with the lineup and experiment with some things from a set standpoint. But really interested to see how they get started in SEC play now, seeing that they've gone through these three teams that I thought was going to be a real test for us moving into conference play. Yeah, we've got uh, three more non-conference games before conference play. They should roll. Alabama State, Chattanooga, and Penn are the next three, all at home. Um, Penn's the best one. They're ranked 183 in the Torvik. So, you know, barring a disaster, Auburn will roll in there 11-2. and two, um, And maybe at that point they'll be ranked. Um, maybe. You know, yeah, the, it seems like they've settled pretty much into into the rotation. That seems pretty pretty settled in terms of how that's working. Somebody asked me the other day on the board, or it might have been in the Q&A, the asked and answered thing I did, what was, I don't know if it was what was the player or what was the thing I'm looking for for Auburn to make a deep run, like what has to happen or who has to play well, something. And my answer, and this was before UNC Asheville, my answer was point guard. I was like, it's all about point guard. You can point different places, but I was like, it's going to be about how does a freshman in Aiden Holloway and a sophomore in Trey Donaldson who's still developing how do they develop? How do they play? Because we all know guard play in March is so important. Yes. And then you factor in the youth of those two guys um, with a new team. Like, they're just going to have to be on point to make sure that everybody else is um, is gelling. And what you've seen from them in the last three games has been phenomenal basketball. It's hard to play better than what they've done. The last three games, those two guys, Holloway and Donaldson, have combined for 78 points, 25 assists, and two turnovers. Unbelievable play. Unbelievable play. And by the way, all those Trey Donaldson haters, awfully quiet. Awfully sure. quiet. I was, 
I said before the season, look, I said, I said, look, Aiden's going to eventually start. I said, but don't, don't discount Trey. I said, Trey's going to start the season probably as the starter, but Trey is a guy that's tough minded and coming along and he's come a long way. He's not just tough minded and, and has that physical tenacity, but he's, he's gotten better mid range jump shots, gotten better taking care of the ball, driving like he's, he's becoming a playmaker. Um, and of course, you know what Aiden can do. Those two guys in the last three games have been unbelievable. That's where it starts with me. You look at, I mean, it's not a coincidence. The last three games have looked the way they've looked offensively and Holloway and Donaldson, their numbers are what they are. That is, this team is at its best when they share and when they're balanced. And it starts with those two guys and they've been unbelievable. I mean, it's not going to keep up. They're going to have their bad games. Man, if they do that more often than not, Auburn's going to win more often than not. I I couldn't agree with you more. And look, they just went at Bronny James and Isaiah Collier. Collier's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft, number one or two. He's good, man. He's good. He had some foul trouble, but geez, he's a tough he's a tough matchup. He is a very tough matchup. And I believe they had I think Trey had seven points and five assists. Aiden had fifteen points and six assists. So combined you got twenty two points and eleven assists out of your point guard. And maybe two turnovers? Maybe? In the USC game? Yeah. I got it right here. You add Chris Moore had a turnover. Denver had a turnover. Katie had three. It's kind of well, yeah. I just had, have one. Positions. Trey, Trey, Trey had one. Aiden had none. Yeah. And they combined for 11 assists. Trey had five assists. Aiden had a, a six. Yeah. So 11 assists to one turnover ratio. Against Collier and uh, – Boogie and Bronny. Yeah, and 22 points out of your point guard position with two really young and emerging players. I love the fact that Trey Donaldson, knowing that Aiden Holloway was coming in, didn't hit the point. He said, you know what, I'm going to fight for this position. I'm going to try to play. I trust Bruce that he's telling me the truth, that he's going to give me an opportunity to play this year, that he's going to really roll too deep at the point guard position. Um, And he's gone out and he's improved himself in the offseason, and you're right. His foot speed looks better. I thought last year, defensively speaking, that's where he was really needing to kind of take a step forward. I feel like he's played smarter there, Justin. He's created more space. He's used his length to his advantage, and his feet have been quicker. You can see that he's made a, a, a real effort in the strength and conditioning program to get his body in a little bit better shape and conditioning to allow his athleticism to, you know, to show a little bit more. So really proud of that young man. Proud of the strides that Denver Jones has taken the last couple of games. He's really kind of shown up. You know, he had a rough stretch there, culminating in probably what amounted to zero points against Appalachian State, I think. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's really kind of turned the corner. Jalen Williams has played exceptionally well, uh, starting with the Indiana game. So if you're looking for – I know we're talking about a lot of positive. If you're looking for a negative, Janai has been off the last three games. He has not played his best the last three games which probably makes me even more encouraged about this three-game stretch because with your best player, and I would consider him Auburn's best player right now, having not his best three games and for you to be a dominant three straight wins, I think it speaks about the strength of this team and the depth of this team. And that's very encouraging to me that as you move into SEC play and then you start thinking about the tournament, if a guy has an off night, you're not necessarily pigeonholed or beholden to him to get you to the next round. You can count on other guys to step up. Yeah, that's that's my take. I mean, I, I thought Janai 
I thought the game against USC, he missed. He definitely missed. I mean, probably missed three or four. You know, right there in the lane that like he would love to have back. Um, I thought the other ones, his shot. I mean, he didn't take quite as many shots. USC, he should have had more points for sure. He definitely left some out there. But as I mentioned, I'm like, look, uh, in the, in the primer, get ready for USC. Go look at Janai's, you know, those those two dominant games. He had 30 against Virginia Tech, yep. and then he had like 21 against App State. So those are his two best games. Well, those are Auburn's two worst games in terms of offensive efficiency this season. Are or Janai Brim's best games. Now, is that because nobody else was working, so 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 it was going to Janai more? Did Janai just sort of get hot and other people deferred? I'd have to go back and watch sort of – figure you know see which what what it was like what caused what but to me it's clear that they're just better when when the ball is moving around it if that means Janai's not scoring 18 a game that's good I think I think for this team that's good I think the more it goes to Janai it slows that this team is at its best when they're playing a little bit loose and a little bit free I think the more Janai's involved down low everything slows down bogs down a little bit now what Janai's really good at that, that, that you don't see and I can look it up is He's a great assist guy. He still gets his rebounds. He still gets a couple of blocks. He'll still get a deflection or a steal. Like, he'll still put up those other good numbers even when he didn't have – doesn't have points. I think one of those games he didn't score well. He had, like, four assists. That's your center. Um, so he still does those things, really, what runs the court. That that pass that, that Donaldson hit him on was a phenomenal pass, the end one against USC. Yep. So he still does all of those good things um, really well. But I, I think that's what it needs to be. I think if anybody – well, here's the counterpoint to that. I was going to say if anybody scores 20, 22, 23, 24 points, maybe that's not best. But Jalen and Aiden both scored 24 against Indiana. Yep. Um, I'd have to look at UNC Asheville. I don't remember exactly the box score. Aiden and Jalen were trending that way for a minute in the in the USC game. Then it kind of balanced out. I think it, I think it's a difference. Like I think Aiden could go for 20 if he does. I think that. The, the, the pace is going where it's at. I think when Janai scores that many points, it's good for Janai. I don't necessarily know if that means if it's good for the pace of, for Auburn's offense. Like, I don't know if that's what's best for Auburn's offense if things are slowing down to the point that Janai scores 24-25. Now, we could be wrong. We could they're, they're, They could have a game where they're, they're playing a team that's really good on defense, and 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 it takes Janai. Janai gets hot, and, and he keeps him in it and they score 68 points and win. That could happen, too. But so far, it seems like they're at best when, when, when nobody scores more than 18 and you have that many guys involved. SEC will obviously change things up a little bit. You're not, you're not going to have 10 guys that score between 5 and 15, which is what you had against UNC and Asheville, or 11 guys. It was insane. Um, so we'll see. SEC will play. will change a little bit. But they're better when they share the basketball, and that thing is moving from guy to guy to guy to guy. No, I agree. <clears throat> and look, that, I think that's probably the thing that caught me off guard is I did not realize that we had five guys against USC that, both, that were all in double figures. Mm-hmm. This is just a deep team, Hope. I mean, it really is. And I think Bruce had a funny way of saying it, and he said, you know what, the drop-off when we go to our bench is not that great, but the difference between our starters and our bench is not that great. You know what I mean? Now – it feels like everybody has leveled up their play a little bit. Everybody's playing a little bit smarter. You're right. They're sharing the basketball in an exceptionally well clip. 
moving the ball side to side, making sure that guys are moving without the basketball, unselfish. It, you don't really have a black hole on this team. You know, I, I know we got into ruts last year where there were times where Wendell felt like he needed to play hero ball a little bit. There were times that KD could kind of find himself and really try to dominate the basketball with a lot of isolation play. You haven't seen that that much this year. I mean, there have been times, obviously, there's, there's always going to be that. But this year, this team has been extremely unselfish. They've reversed the basketball. They haven't forced shots. And you have high percentage shooters from the outside. And I think that makes a difference. I think it stretched defenses a little bit differently, uh, where you can't collapse necessarily the way you could this time last year. So guys are being played a little bit differently. I mean, I love the way that Auburn attacked USC's 2-3 defense and how they got it into the center and then were able to pass out of the post or and or take that mid-range shot. As you saw Jalen and I both be able to hit that home a couple different times. So it was a little bit of a different feel in the second half. I thought USC changed looks a little bit better defensively, which caused Auburn to have to run some things out of their open set a little bit. But even that was good to see because you saw some maturity from the guard play. And I don't know that that was necessarily would have happened last year. I mean, I, I don't know that the basketball IQ was where it needed to be. And I'm not trying to attack Wendell or anybody else. I feel like as a team, this team is much more comfortable and better suited to make adjustments on the fly and to make changes in offensive sets. Um, and they always do better in the second half because Bruce can call things a little bit more. He's on that side of the court. But I, I just really liked what I saw from this team as far as an adjustment standpoint adjusting to what USC did defensively. Yeah, Boogie got his in the second half, but you'll take that if you're continuing to score at the efficient clip that we were on the offensive side. Yeah. You mentioned Denver earlier. Denver is, uh, since that scoreless game against App State, he's got 12, 9, and 12, and he's shooting 50% from three. I think he's 5 of 10 from three in the last three games. And you've seen him sort of start to hit the shots that, He's spotting up. Like Aiden's gotten him some good looks, and he's ready to catch and shoot. That's where he needs to be. That's where he needs to be at his best is, is being ready to spot up and shoot the three. Um, yeah, you mentioned the, the 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 balance. I think UNC Asheville. It was ten or eleven guys that were between five and fifteen. It was incredible. You mentioned the five guys in double figures against USC, and then but you had eleven people score three or more points. Cheney scored three. Lior scored three. Chris Moore scored three, and then you had five from KD, and then he had seven from Trey, seven from Chad Baker, and then, of course, the five guys in double figures. So that's what you're getting the last three games. You're not getting um, – yeah, of course, you had, you had big games from Jalen and Aiden against Indiana, but they scored 104, so everybody still got theirs. Um, but it's it's been really impressive. I mean, they've been completely dominant. You look at the eight wins this season, um, and they're completely dominant. They haven't had a close win – no. Which I guess if you're looking for something to maybe be, you know, curious about, that might be one. They had a close game against Baylor. They didn't make the plays down the stretch. They lost game one. Aid made a couple bad plays in App State. So the, the times, the close games, they didn't make plays down the stretch, and they lost the two close games. Everything else has been a blowout in their favor. So if you're looking for something to be a question mark, that might be one to win a close game, and, and you're not going to have that now until SEC play most likely. They're not, So we'll see the next time they get in a close game how Aiden and Trey handle things and if they can sort of overcome that. Um, but you love the balance. You love the way they're coming along on defense. I pointed out on the board, um, 
on on Sunday night, and I posted about it on on X on uh, Monday, is that according to Ken Palm, Auburn's offensive efficiency is 14th, and their defensive efficiency is 16th nationally. There's only four teams in college basketball right now that are top 20 in both. Houston, who's number one in Ken Palm. Purdue, who's number two in Ken Palm. UConn, who's number three in Ken Palm. Mm -hmm. And then Auburn, who's number eight in Ken Palm. Let's see, they might have adjusted. I said top 20 in in OND. Well, if you did top 16, they were top 15. If you did top 16, there's only four. There's a couple of more. Marquette's top 20. BYU's top 20. Arizona's in there, too. So I guess there's maybe five or six teams that are top 20 in both, and mm-hmm. Auburn's one of them. More importantly, since 2010, only one national champion in college basketball, one since 2010, has not had an offensive and defensive efficiency in the top 25. And that was UConn, who had an offensive efficiency of, I think, 39, but still had a top 10 defensive efficiency. So they had one, just not both. Every other national champ since 2010 has been in the top 25 in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So if, you, so if the goal is to win a national championship, the goal for – if that's your standard for a basketball program, which is where Auburn is, is right now, that's you, – you have recruited enough at a high enough level, you've won enough games, you've won conference championships, that's the goal. Auburn is good enough as a program to do that. They are. If that's the goal – and you look at where Auburn is offense and offensively and defensively, they're where they need to be in that pocket of a, a very few handful of teams that right now you would say, if that's what it takes to win a championship, there's only about seven of them that are doing that. And Auburn's one of them right now. Now, SEC play will change things. We know those numbers will change when you get an SEC play, and it's a really good conference. But so far, they're doing things on both ends of the floor to be the kind of balanced, efficient team that very few teams in college basketball are doing. Forget the rankings. Agreed. And, and let's talk rankings, but let's talk net rankings. So right now, Auburn is number net is number 19 in the net. Okay. The only two SEC teams that rank higher in net right now are Tennessee, who's at eight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alabama, who's at 12. And obviously Alabama's played an extremely strong schedule. I give them credit for doing that. But they're 6-4 and four on the season. A&M's right behind Auburn at 21, followed by Kentucky at 27, and Mississippi State at 35. So that tells you that Auburn's going to have an opportunity to get multiple quad one wins 
they play every one of those teams, I believe. I think Alabama twice, Tennessee once, A&M once yep. or twice, I'm not sure. Yep. So Auburn's going to have their hands full in the SEC, and, and that's what you're talking about. The numbers are going to change somewhat. They also have an opportunity to go up. Look, if Auburn wins the large majority of those games, the teams we just talked about, Auburn has an opportunity to be top 15 in the net, top 10 in the net, contingent on how they finish SEC play. But I firmly believe this, Justin. This is a top five or four basketball team in the SEC this year. After watching the league in its totality, watching multiple games, and look, there are some really good teams. Uh, South Carolina is off to a hot start, 9-1. and one. Florida's 7-3. and three. Ole Miss is 10-0. and oh. You know, Missouri's 7-4, and four, but they've got some really good pieces on that team. So this is going to be a dangerous league for Auburn. But I, I firmly believe what I'm saying here. This is the top four or five basketball team in this league. And if you're top four or five in the SEC, you're right where you want to be to capitalize. I think that's where Auburn was when they won the SEC tournament and went to the Final Four that year. They were a top four team in the SEC. I would love to see us kind of get into that position again this year, see what we can't do with improved guard play because obviously – God, two years ago with Jabari and Walker, you just didn't have the guards on that team to really take advantage of the two bigs. Right. Now you have the guard play, in my honest opinion. You have the three-point shooting and some veterans on this team where they were young in some spots a couple years ago to potentially take advantage of a nice SEC SEC tournament run and then a NCAA tournament run. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, just – that season, the, the second round loss with, with Jabari and Walker, the second round loss to Miami was a tough one, man. I mean, you look at what Jabari and Walker are doing, um, in the NBA and to have those two guys on the team at the same time is tough to go out the second round. You ran into a hot Miami team that made a run and then turned around the next year, right? And was, I don't know if they won the ACC that next year, or last year, but, um, was really, really good. Uh, so you ran into a hot Miami team, but, but again, it was, it was the guards. The very yeah. end of that year, teams figured out to just, you know, to, to attack and run at Wendell and, and mess with the guards and you can mess with the flow. The offense is different. If you, if you go watch the last couple of years and go watch what they're doing now, how many times do you see Janiah coming up or Jalen coming up and setting ball screens at the top? That's not happening as much. It's no. spread out. It'll be, you know, you might have a big guy come and get it back, but you don't have a bunch. You don't have that guy coming up, drawing a defender and allowing defenses to tackle Aiden Holloway or go tackle Trey Donaldson and attack them and get the ball out of their hands. It's not happening. It's spread out. Those point guards have room to create, get the ball moving, but you don't – And it's, it's just a little bit different way that, that Bruce is attacking things, and it seems to be it seems to be working so far. You look at uh, – and you mentioned the SEC schedule. Torvik Analytics right now projects Auburn to go 24-7 and and be 13-5 and in the league. 13-5 and in the league is going to come really close to winning the league. Yeah. Uh, probably – I'd have to, I mean, I don't want to go look at the whole thing. It's, it's going to come really close. That might be – that might project them to win the league. You've got – you play Alabama twice. You play Ole Miss twice, who is looking pretty good. You play Vanderbilt twice. You play Georgia twice and Mississippi State twice. So the teams you play twice, it's not horrendous. Alabama good. Ole Miss could be a surprising team. State's good. Yep. Um, you, you only play Tennessee once. You only play Kentucky once. You only play Florida once, although that's on the road. We know how Auburn plays at Florida. It's always a nightmare, it seems like. Um, and you only play Arkansas once. So the team, every team you play only one time is really good. Um, so it's LSU, you know, they're terrible. 
Um, Missouri, you play once. So it's not a horrendous schedule. Yes, they project them 24 and 7, 13 and 5, which is going to come really close to winning the league and certainly is going to absolutely, that's top three. It's probably top two if not, if not projecting to win the league. You know, look, they still got, we, they still got a ways to go. I mean, I want, I still want to see them. They start off the, the SEC schedule on the road at Arkansas. Right. right. You come home and play A&M, who has absolutely had Auburn's number the last few years and, and, br- and brought back everybody. I mean, Auburn, look, as good as Auburn's playing, they could easily be 0-2 to start a conference play. Like, they're going to get tested. I mean, they're going to get tested. But I, I like what I'm seeing so far in terms of the unselfishness. I think that I think that will I think that will carry. It's a good foundation of what I'm seeing. It's kind of one of those intangible things that I talked about. Like who's the alpha? Who's the leader? That we'll, we'll sort of figure that out. I'm starting to see some leadership, but I like the the attitude of unselfishness from the guys. That will that will serve them well when they do lose some tough games, when they do go through a tough patch. To have the unselfishness, where I'm just going to be honest, it didn't exist last year, and you don't have that this year. You don't have that bleeding over. Like you talked about that one-on-one hero ball and dominating the basketball. You don't have that. KD still does flashes. Still have those. He'll have his moments where he dribbles and goes nowhere and shoots a three. But it's um, it's few and far between. You never see that from Aiden. You don't ever see that from Trey. They're trying to get the offense flowing. They're passing. They're moving. And so it's a completely different way that the offense is attacking. So I think the attitude of unselfishness, Chad Baker, I mentioned it before the season, but you're seeing it now, love his attitude, energetic guy. Um, he, he's, he's, a, he's an asset. Um, Chaney Johnson's work ethic is an asset. So you're starting to see some of those intangibles, you know, rise up a little bit. We'll see how they get challenged in, in SEC play. But I like the attitude of unselfishness so far. I think that'll carry them well as they go through, you know, some ups and downs. Um, is there anything, like the last three games they've been rolling, is there any negative? Is there one thing that you've seen that you're like, um, I'm still concerned about about this, whatever it might be? <sighs> You know, like I said, I think the only negative is that Janai has not probably been at his best. I think he's been good. He had a tough matchup against Indiana. UNC Asheville, I didn't think he really took that many shots. So I thought, you know, it was just kind of he was not a massive part of the game plan in that game. Uh, And then obviously I think he left some points on the floor against SC. So it hasn't been the best three-game stretch from him from a consistency standpoint. But other than that, Justin, this team has really done well, and they've played better defensively than I would have given them credit for. Uh Now, SC is not as good right now as I would have hoped that they would have been. I think they've got fantastic athletes and really good young guards, but they're kind of inconsistent and they're not playing. You know, we just talked about people dominating the basketball. I think they have a lot of that right now. You have two or three guys that are really kind of featured in that offense, and I don't think they move it overly well. Reverse the basketball. They've got good. They've got good players, but it takes more than good players to make a really good team. And so, but this team's battle tested, man. Going against a tough Baylor team in North Dakota, playing the schedule they played. Look, Saint Bonaventure is a significantly better team than a lot of people want to give them credit for. Yeah. But, the Notre Dame game is what it is. Virginia Tech is a good basketball team. I think that's Auburn's best win right now is Virginia Tech. Probably the second best win is St. Bonaventure. Uh, so probably hunting that quad one win. That's the only negative to me. You don't have a quad one win just yet. You've got multiple quad twos and quad threes. 
but not a quad one win. So that's probably what I will say is, is my one negative. But they can get that remedied easily in SEC play if they play up to their capability and their potential, especially if you get a team like that at home. If you get a Kentucky at home, if you get, you know, an Alabama at home, I like that matchup on the road. I don't – Rump's been a house of horrors for us. Uh, uh-huh. Tuscaloosa obviously is – you know, you're going to struggle, but would it do my soul good to see us be able to even the score with Alabama this year and sweep them this time around? So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but probably the only negative, Justin, is Janai hasn't been as consistent as I would have liked over the last three games, uh, and I'm sure he's going to get that fixed. And then probably not having that quad one win just yet, but multiple chances on the horizon to get that. Yeah, that's fair. I think the quad one point is fair. And that's kind of the only not – that's probably why Auburn's not ranked, even though they should be. Anybody with eyeballs look at Auburn and go, okay, that's a top 25 team. What are we doing? One right. of their losses is Baylor, who we think is number six. Now, of course, Baylor Baylor just got thumped by Michigan State out of nowhere. But at the time, Baylor was six. That was a six-point loss on the road, which Auburn led at halftime. And then the Happy State loss, which is um, not is not a good one. It's not a terrible one, but it's not a good good loss. I think they're they're 90th in uh, Torvik. I'm not sure where they are in Kim Palmer net. I mean, they're, they're they're somewhere. I mean, they're they're an okay team. It's just not a great. Um, I think. Forty sixth in net, I believe. Yeah, that's not bad, obviously. Uh, and then Ken Palm there, I don't know where they are. They're seventy eight in Ken Palm, so it, it's not a horrendous loss by any means. But it's you know, if you want to be ranked in the top twenty five, it's probably a loss you don't want to have. But like, look, if that loss happened in conference play, if that was a road loss to, you know, who, who's comparable right now? Whatever. If that was a road loss to Ole Miss, right. Does anybody – Ole Miss is 71 in Torvik. I mean, you know, in terms of strength of schedule, like if that's a road conference loss against a team that's ranks 70 or 75 in the computers, nobody's going to bat an eye about that. If you turn around the next day and the next time out and beat a team that's ranked higher in the computers by 30, and then and then you beat a team a, a week later that's ranked higher in the computers by, by 16 – Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's a conference loss, it's not looked at. I don't think the same. There's just kind of a, the, the app state name um, just sort of, I think, catches people uh, weird. So I think Auburn will end up overcoming that. But I think you're right. They're just the, trying to get that quad one win, that signature win on the books would be um, would be significant. And, I mean, I'm sitting here looking. You look at team stats. I look at CBB analytics. There's, I mean, just from a team perspective, there is very little – that they're doing really poorly. Um, I mean, they kind of split it up, and in, in, in I think when you get kind of 70-plus percent or 60 percent up, if you're, term, if you're in the top 60 percentile in the country, it turns green, and then it becomes real green. I mean, you get in the 90s. So, so the stats I'm looking at, if it's red, that's poor. Fouls per game, they're still committing a decent number of fouls, which I don't even talk about the officiating the USC game. Those guys are those are ridiculous. Um, but – Still commit a decent number of fouls. Steals per game, a little bit low. But that's literally it in terms of, of, of team stats. I mean, they're just – I mean, they're, they're, they're fouling a little bit. They're putting, they're putting the opponent on the free throw line a little bit too much. Um, and that, that's real – like, literally, that's, that's probably the one of the – one of, if not the, the biggest negative. Um, maybe a few seconds, few too, too many second-chance points. But everything else they're doing is 
is really good. Even the free throws have picked up the last few games. So they're just doing so many things. Um, they're just doing so many things really well right now. And it's a great chance to hone these last three games, keep keep the edge against Alabama State, Chattanooga, and Penn, because you go on the road, uh, Arkansas on January 6th to start conference play. Um, and you got a chance. The schedule's not terrible when you start. It's Arkansas and A&M. Then you come home and play LSU, Vanderbilt on the road, Ole Miss at home. Where it really gets tough, and we'll talk about it as we go before we get out of here, but I just wanted to point this out. You get into this thing, man, and they have a stretch here where they play starting January 24th. They play at, at Alabama, at Mississippi State. They come mm. home to Vanderbilt. They go back on the road to play Ole Miss. They come home to play Alabama. Then they go on the road to play Florida. Um, that little stretch right there of, of they're four straight, not four straight, but a, a stretch of Alabama, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Florida on the road is is pretty good um, right there in January into February. So they'll get into it, but I, I like what we're seeing. I like what we're seeing so far. It's pretty funny to hear some podcasts, National College Basketball Podcasts, talk about Auburn being the dark horse in the SEC right now and then look up in the rankings and they're like, nope, this is your 27th. This is a point. I saw Auburn basketball tweeted. All right. Bet. Oh, that's all yep. they said. I, I was hoping they were going to say bet. Yeah. Know, that, that's what I was hoping for. But I, I love – because there's nobody better. There is nobody better. I know, than, what, I know what you're about to say. Than Bruce Pearl and the world's against us. You know what I mean? Let him rally that locker room. That's, he mm. loves that. Please, mm. please count me out. Because nobody rallies the troops like Bruce when he, when people want to bet against you, man, he thrives. He yeah. thrives in that situation, and and he knows exactly. I think what Bruce does better than a lot of coaches um, that I've been able to witness is he knows how to button push better than anybody. Okay, mm-hmm. he knows how to button push his team, his coaches, how to talk to the media. You know what I mean? How to undersell his team. He does it extremely well, Justin. You know you've covered him for a long time, but that is what Bruce does. That's where he's elite is button pushing, in my opinion, and being able to get the best out of his team. There's no doubt. It's a great point. It's a great point. It's true. It's so true. Um, it's so true. Uh, he, he definitely knows how to do that. And you mentioned the underdog. It's something I was actually thinking about the other day because it just I'm, – I'm still like – I don't know. We're 10 years into Bruce Pearl at Auburn, and I'm still just as somebody who grew up watching Auburn basketball and went to games in Beard Eves. <laughs> and, and, and covered a little bit of Barbie. Um, it just, it's still, it's still amazing to me. Like there's still moments where I'm like, I, I don't know how he, I don't know how he did it. Um, I never thought that, that Auburn basketball would be this, and it's continuously him. But it's such an amazing. You make the point about him being an underdog. It is, and I actually saw Seth Davis tweet this or post this on, um, and kind of make the point too. But we all know it's true. It's it's true. There is. Good luck finding a better fit than Bruce Pearl for Auburn basketball when that happened and even, like, going through. I mean, it's just Auburn has always kind of been a place that's an underdog mentality. They thrive on it. That's what Bruce is, um, especially coming off everything that happened at Tennessee. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And it's such a, it's such an amazing fit. It's crazy. It, you will never find a better fit coach to program than 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 Bruce Pearl in Auburn basketball in Auburn history. I don't know. I don't know what the vibe was when Pat Dye came, but 
just the fit and the circumstances and the context and the timing and everything is Bruce at Auburn, and he's just taking advantage of it. But you're right, he's an unbelievable button, put, button, put, button pusher, and them not being ranked. While he loves history, he loves him some history. Mm-hmm. He loves just j- history in general, world history. You hear him talk about making history. History is important to him. It means a lot. So that makes him mad. He wants to be ranked. Sure. But man, he'll, he'll also take the ability to to walk in there and, and, and use that as motivation all day long, especially with a team that, like you said, doesn't have a quad one win yet. Like, hey, you guys, you know, that still a lot to prove from this team. So he can use it. It's not a bad thing at all. No. No, not at all. Uh, and I agree with your with your point on fit. Um, I, I, honestly, Bruce Pearl, right coach, right time, best fit possible. I think the only coach, like you said, would be Die that can rival him at Auburn as far as absolute fit is concerned. Though I will say that I love the fit of obviously Butch with our baseball team right now. I think he put yeah. Auburn baseball to a T. And to this point, Hugh Freeze has done a phenomenal job with the football team, and we'll see how he does moving forward. I'm counting longevity with the other two. Hugh has only been here for a year, and we'll see how that goes over time. But right now, maybe John Cohen's dealing with a full deck here of finally having three coaches that all fit Auburn's. You know what I mean? Auburn's culture. Yeah. Uh, No, you make a good point there. All right, we'll come back next week. Auburn plays, let's see, Auburn's only got one game this week, obviously Christmas holidays. They, they, they play Alabama State on Friday, big favorites there. Um, Alabama State's 317, that's a game that Auburn will roll. And then, uh, so they play a game Friday, then they got eight more days off, and they play Chattanooga the night of the Music City Bowl. That game was moved. So if Music City Bowl happens at 1 o'clock, Auburn plays Chattanooga inside Neville Arena at 8 o'clock that night. So between now and the 30th, they just play one game. So they yep. have that three-game tear, a lot of time to rest, um, and have one game, play Chattanooga on the 30th, come back, play Penn on the 2nd, and then you're in conference play. So, you know, really, you know, you're talking about three games in the next, um, I don't know, almost three weeks, I guess. Um, and so a lot of time to – to get ready for, for league play. So, but we'll come back, uh, next week. We'll have at least one game to talk about Alabama State and we'll see what else is, what else is going on with this Auburn basketball program. But they're rolling now. It's good stuff from Auburn, good stuff from Bruce Pearl, uh, in this team as they start to find their groove. And, uh, we get closer to, um, to SEC play. All right. Let's get out of here. Thank you to Session Cocktail. Appreciate them sponsoring the show. Go check them out on Magnolia Avenue. As always, great friends of ours. Happy hour four to six. Go say hey to Hunter, the owner, and Joe, the, the GM there. All the good people there. Go check them out. Appreciate them. For J-Head, I am Justin Hokinson. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.